Prime Matters, in collaboration with Slaking Thirst's podcast, presents the Christian mythic narrative, The Deep History of the World. PrimeMatters.com is a groundbreaking project of educational outreach of the University of Mary, awakening the Catholic imaginative vision. Episode 13, The Covenant on Sinai. When Pharaoh learned that the Israelites had fled Egypt, he and his ministers had second thoughts. We have behaved foolishly, they said to one another. We have let our slaves go free at no cost. So the Egyptians gathered their army together and went after the Israelites, who were encamped in the eastern part of Egypt along the Red Sea. The Israelites were now in great fear. They were caught at the shore of the sea, and the Egyptian army, a force they could never defeat on their own, was riding down upon them and hemming them in. At best, they would be recaptured and returned to forced labor, a condition made all the sterner because of their attempt to flee. At worst, many would be killed. The people began to complain bitterly to Moses, In a refrain that would be repeated often during the coming years, they cried to him, Why did you land us in this terrible predicament? Is it because Egypt has no graves that you have dragged us into the wilderness to die? Moses answered them, Do not be afraid. Keep your ground and you will witness God's salvation. As for these Egyptians, you will never see them again. Then Moses stretched his hand over the water, and God opened up a way for the Israelites to escape through the bed of the sea. Moses led them through, walking on dry ground with the water raised like a wall on either side. The Egyptian chariot force came charging in after them. Once the Israelites had gained the other side, Moses again stretched his hand over the sea, and the waters returned drowning the whole of Pharaoh's army. The same Egyptians who had tried to destroy the Israelites by drowning their sons in the Nile were now destroyed themselves by being drowned in the sea. And in a birth-like process, Israel was brought through a difficult passage out of water and found itself born as a people. Freed now from slavery, and miraculously victorious over their enemies, the Israelites were led by God in stages through the wilderness to Mount Sinai, the same mountain where God had first spoken to Moses in the burning bush. What followed was an event of overwhelming importance, a decisive step in God's plan to renew humanity. God determined to make a covenant with this people, a special pact a pledge of mutual fidelity. They would be his people, his own special possession, and they would live in accordance with the way he would teach them. God wished to dwell with humanity once again, to set up a colony of heaven in the midst of the rebellious territory now controlled by his enemy. The Israelites were to be that heavenly colony the people among whom he would dwell and through whom he would continue to unfold his plan for regaining the human race. 
the day of sealing the covenant between God and the Israelites was one of high drama. Lightning and thunder enveloped Mount Sinai, and a thick cloud covered its heights. The mountain was convulsed by an earthquake, and smoke went billowing up from its peak. At the same time, as if out of nowhere, a trumpet was heard, blasting its echoes louder and louder off the mountain's rock. Heaven and earth were being joined together in a unique moment of communion, and the divine presence convulsed the natural world. God had told the Israelites to keep back from the mountain lest they die, but they hardly needed the command. They were filled with awe and fear at the spectacle, and they drew away of their own accord. You speak to God for us, they said to Moses. We dare not come near. So Moses went up the mountain into the mysterious cloud hidden from the eyes of the Israelites, and there he stayed for forty days and nights, eating and drinking nothing. There, high on the mountain, God spoke to Moses as if face to face and revealed to him the glory of his goodness. Moses was so transformed by the experience that when he later came down from the mountain, his face glowed with a bright supernatural light, such that he needed to wear a veil to keep the Israelites from being frightened. God spoke to Moses on the mountain concerning the way his people were to behave if he were to live among them. They would need to become holy, as God himself was holy. God gave Moses a law encapsulated in the Ten Commandments. When Moses later told the Israelites all that God had commanded, the people were united in their readiness to enter the covenant. We will do everything God has said, they promised. Moses sealed the covenant with God, by offering sacrifices and sprinkling the Israelites with sacrificial blood. As he did so, he said to them, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you. An incident took place while Moses was still high on the mountain, one that pointed to the challenge the Israelites would face in becoming God's people. Moses had been lost in the cloud for many days, remote and out of sight. Down below, the Israelites, losing patience, persuaded Aaron to fashion a golden calf as an object of worship. They then claimed that this idol, made by themselves, was the representative of the divinity that had freed them from Egypt. They worshipped the false god and then fell into the wild feasting and orgiastic behavior so common among the religions of the time. They wanted a God whom they could see and control, one who better suited their expectations and their fallen natures. Moses was warned by God about what was happening, and coming down from the mountain, he called upon the tribe of Levi to go among the people and stop the idolatrous frenzy by force. He then destroyed the idol, chastising the Israelites for their readiness to so quickly abandon their covenant with the God who had saved them. It was a sign of things to come. God spoke further to Moses on the mountain concerning the building of a tabernacle, a place of his special dwelling on earth. He showed Moses a pattern for its construction, one that replicated the harmonies of heaven. 
The tabernacle was to have an altar for sacrifice, and within it was to be placed the Ark of the Covenant, a sacred repository where the tablets of the law would be kept. Because of the high holiness of God's presence in the tabernacle, a special order of men, taken from Aaron and his descendants, would be consecrated to God as priests to offer sacrifice and tend to the holy things. God promised that he would meet the people of Israel in the tabernacle to live among them, to make them holy, and to forgive their sins. When the tabernacle had been completed according to the directions Moses had received, it was so potently filled with the cloud of God's glory that Moses was unable to enter. From that time forward, God made his presence known in the tabernacle as a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. So it was that God made a marriage covenant with his people, wooing them in the desert, taking them as his special possession, his abode on the earth. The promise first made to Abraham was moving another step toward its fulfillment.